Father, we bless you, Lord. For there is none like you. We searched all over, yet we couldn't find anyone like you. None can be compared to thee. Thy greatness is forever, Lord. Thy power is awesome. We bless you because you deserve it. For you are worthy of our praise. We bow to worship you, to exalt you, to lift you above every other name. We declare you are good and your mercies endure it forever. Father, we have gathered this moment as your children to come worship you and listen to what you will say to us today. For the world is a lamp unto our faith. Let your world shine our life, shine our paths. Let light come to areas at which light is missing. Let it take over the vacuum that is in our hearts. Let your world transform us. Holy Spirit, no one can truly understand the word of God except you help that person. Help every one of us this moment to understand what the Lord is saying. Put us in a position to receive that will be transformed. Help us to be a changed people. That our hearts will keep abiding and seeking for the one and most important thing, the love of the Father. Cause us to know you far deeper than we do. Help us to keep that commandment. Help us to love thy ways. Help us to hate that which you hate and love that which you love. Help us to seek first your kingdom. Help us to please you. Father, we have come to be charged up. We have come to be renewed. Put expectations in our heart. And may we not live the same way we came. May your world transform, renewed, and changed us for the better. Thank you, Jesus. We return all the glory. Every glory to the Lord will return it to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How are we doing today? You can sit down. Some people were just jealous the way I was displaying my skills on the keyboard. Someone was like, ah, I wish I could just close my eyes and be playing like that. It's not my fault. What you are good at, you are... You want to learn after service, I can teach you. Hmm? Thank you, Yes, if you want to learn, I can teach you. Free of charge, I won't charge you. See, the choir was vibrating today because I was playing. Uh-huh. At the point, I was like, 
Let me even listen to what I'm playing. <laughs> like, I was just hearing, I said, let me even listen to what I'm playing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I had fun. I don't know about you. It's not about perfection. It's about how you enjoy yourself in the presence of God. The scripture says there is fullness of joy in his presence. So that was my own way of having fun. And I'm full of it. At the point I was somewhere else. Feel like I was playing in the national stadium. <laughs> I just feel like man. Look at this crowd I'm playing before them. And I was like, hmm, Chris is just like, oh, I wish I'm like this guy. <laughs> hey, the Lord bless us today. See, listen, if you don't learn how to have fun in the presence of God, you're cheating yourself. Life is not as hard as you think. Sometimes we can be too serious. Can you be ever serious, more serious than a madman? <laughs> even madmen, they catch for. They, they, they play even madmen. And we are not. We are children of God. Praise the Lord. I welcome every one of you to the first Sunday of July. Quickly, I want to pray for you. Father Lord, we thank you. For this is the beginning of new things in their lives. Father, I declare this month shall favor them. This month shall bless them. In the name of Jesus. Because it is written that you will not withhold anything good from those who love you. I decree concerning these ones. Nothing good will be withheld from them. In the name of Jesus. This month shall be the amount of divine abundance. There shall be a flow, a steady flow of your goodness in their lives. There shall be a steady flow of your provision in their lives. They shall lack nothing. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for them this month, that this month will be different. This month will be the month of harvest for the six months that have passed. In the name of Jesus, this month you will give them clarity. This month you will speak to them in a manner at which they will understand. This month, many of them will catch new visions. In the name of Jesus, Many of their minds will be renewed afresh in the name of Jesus. The strength to finish this year, I release it to you today in the name of Jesus. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. The works of your hands are blessed in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So today we're looking at God's covenant for provision. Or God's covenant of provision. Of for provision. So, we must understand that there are dimensions of provision. There are dimensions of provision. And when we talk about provision, we're not just talking about food and drink. Provision means that everything you need. So, if your need, if your need this year, his wife. If your need this year is husband, consider it that God will provide it. 
If your need is a new accommodation, consider that God will provide it. Amen. If your need is for you to write a book, consider it done. Anything that will advance God's purpose in your life can be seen as a need. Not what you want, but sometimes we might want dangerous things that will kill us. But things that are needed for us to move and keep moving. So I'm prophesying to you today, everything that you need to advance purpose, everything that you need to fulfill destiny, everything that you need that will make you complete in Christ, I declare it released to you now. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Was a part of the scripture that Jesus Christ said, ask, I will give to you so that your joy can be full. So one of the essence of God's provision for us is that our joy, that our joy might be full. I pray for everyone here. Every areas of your life that you are lacking joy, I declare, let joy come in the name of Jesus. I release joy into that area of your life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Quickly, Psalm 111, verse 5. He has given foods to those who fear him. With all inspired reverence, he will remember his covenant. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think I'll be here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ spoke to multitude without man. As a matter of fact, there is there's a part of the scripture I'm trying to figure out. The more I try to figure out, the more it's hard for me to understand. You know, there was a point he told the apostles, he told Peter. That was where he encountered Peter. He entered the boat of Peter and told Peter to move the boat, the ship, a little bit further. And he wants to address people on the land. So I was wondering, you want to talk to people on the land, you enter the boat and ask them to take you a little bit further. So from, from, from afar, inside the boat, Jesus Christ was ministering to multitude of people. I'm, I mean, I'm still wondering what kind of anointing was that? And the people were receiving, and they were hearing him clearly. You know what I found out? You can only do that when you're preaching with passion. So I don't need a revelation. No, I don't need a vision. I already have the revelation that Jesus Christ was a man of passion. I'm telling you, if you don't have passion, you can't, you can't try such. So for him to be in the boat, and he's not... Peter, are you sure this thing will not fall? And he was speaking boldly. 
it's clear that Jesus Christ was a man of passion. I pray for everyone today that the passion that was in Jesus will be transferred to us today. Amen. The spirit that gave him utterance, boldness to speak, that same spirit will find full expression in our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Whatever that was in Jesus that will make him shout and scream and talk about the gospel with passion, let that same thing be found in us. Amen. From today in the name of Jesus. Amen. That will begin to speak like Jesus in boldness and in passion. Amen. May our Passion increase today in the name of Jesus. Amen. May we keep burning and keep burning and keep burning for Christ. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you. Let the passion of everyone for you here increase today. In the name of Jesus. Father, increase their passion. You see, passion is everything. Anything you do for God and there is no passion, forget it. It's like serving a man a cold food. Or it's like giving a man a food that is bad. Passion is, passion is required. So the Lord increase our passion. Amen. No wonder, no wonder the apostles after Christ left, they started preaching with passion. And they said, oh, these ones, they've been with Jesus because they saw that passion in them. From today, that will become our position in the name of Jesus. Amen. To fear him. He said he will remember his covenant forever. So God's provision for our life is based on his covenant. It's based on his covenant. This is not just about Father, come and give me, please, 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 please. Since my covenant will I not break. So provision, provision is in God's covenant. That means he delights himself to provide for his children. He delights himself to provide for his servants, for those who fear him. God delights himself. He will remember his covenant. I'm praying for someone today that God will remember his covenant concerning you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. To operate under this covenant of provision, our priesthood has to be fully activated. I know you say, this guy has come again with priesthood. Don't get tired of it though. You keep hearing it. Even when I'm 90, you still be hearing it. So you better get used to it. Because I, 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 I traced the covenant of his provision 
And I found out that this covenant of provision is in line with the priesthood. I'll explain that further in a little while. So don't get tired of me saying priesthood. Don't get tired. You see, you know why you, you know why you should not be tired? The day you will die and leave this earth, you will continue priesthood wherever you are going. Because I know you guys are going to heaven. Of course, the only place you will not do priesthood. Even even hell, you do priesthood. Even hell, you do you 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 do compulsory service. No rest. So to operate under this covenant of provision, our priesthood has to be fully activated. When I mean fully activated, it's not like you are good with one and you are bad with one. You see, if God should give you ten things to do, and you do nine, and you choose not to do that one, you can fail the nine that you, have, that you are good at just because of that one. So today we are here to check that's what we're doing to check our lives if our priesthood is intact because what guarantees your divine provision is that your priesthood is fully activated praise the Lord I pray for someone here today that your priesthood will be activated today that you begin to increase in your priesthood. In the name of Jesus. It is the ministry of priesthood that commands divine provision. It is the ministry of priesthood that commands divine provision. That means to command divine provision, you have to be in that ministry of priesthood. You see, God's divine provision is only entitled to those who are priests. God can give people things, but divine provision as an entitlement is only those who are priests. Praise the Lord. Quickly, Numbers chapter 18, verse 20. Then the Lord said to Aaron, you shall have no inheritance in the land of the Israelites. Now imagine God saying to you, no, you shall have no inheritance. Ah, God, but you gave this person this, you gave that person that. But listen to what God is saying. He says, no, have any portion of land among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel. What does that mean? God is saying, forget about that land. Those land they are sharing, forget it. The land they are sharing is just within the cycle of Israel. But what did the scripture say? The head is of what? Is of the Lord and the fullness of it. So if God is saying you are my portion, I am your portion, it means that God is giving you beyond the territory at which your mates are divided. So this is God speaking to Aaron. Aaron yes signifies a priesthood. Saying forget inheritance. Forget portion of land. I've given it to them. But concerning you and your household, I have become your portion. That means whatever I have has become yours. 
You see, many don't understand this dimension. When we were growing up, we used to recite something in, in school those days as little children. Jesus, I love you. All I have is yours. Yours I am. Yours I want to be. Do with me whatever you wish. All is like all of you went to my school. You don't know it. Uh, you didn't go to our school. You didn't go to our school. You must recite it every day. It's compulsory. Then you will sing some are full, but cannot eat. Some can eat. Sometimes you bring empty plates and you are singing the song to empty plates. But this is what God is saying. I have become your portion. I am your inheritance. So what will a wise man do? A wise man will go and discover if God has become my inheritance, my portion. What is God's capacity? What can he truly offer? If I tell my daughter, don't worry. All I have is yours. Before she will start getting excited, she has to first discover what does daddy have. Because not all I have is yours is a good news. Though. If the man has pain, he's telling you he has transferred that pain to you. If the man is a failure, he's telling you this title, I'm transferring it to you. So if the man is found among the midst of poverty as the chairman of poverty association, so he's telling you that don't worry. When you grow up, this title, I will defend it and I will transfer it to you. But is our God like that? He says, the silver is mine. The gold is mine. And here is the same God telling Aaron, telling the priesthood family that I have become your portion. I have become your inheritance. Which one will you prefer? A piece of land and God becoming your portion and your inheritance. So when we become priesthood as born again, this is what we have entered without knowing. We have entered into this dimension of God becoming our portion. That's why the scripture says he will supply our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So there's a dimension that has been opened to us. A dimension of no limits. Because in God, there is no limit. In a piece of land, there is limit. There is measurement. Every tribe was given a piece of land. It was measured. Joshua measured every piece of land and said, you, fake, the half tribe of this, you know, of, of Manasseh, fake, this and that. But when it comes to the priesthood, there was no portion given to them. So it means that everything that the ones who claim to have land have automatically belongs to the priests. There's a part of the scripture where the king of Egypt was claiming land. Only the land of the priests he could not touch. I see, I want us to understand what does it really mean to have God as our portion. What does it mean to have God as our portion? Can you lack when God is your portion? Can you truly lack when God is your portion? This is why I, I, I love the priesthood ministry. I, I love the priesthood life. 
people think is the hardest thing to do, but it's, it's actually the simplest thing to do. Through grace. It's because men don't understand. That's why you keep telling people about priesthood and their running. If you know the true dimension of a priest, the benefit in it, you know why Jesus Christ has made us priests. God has become our portion. As priest, God has become our portion. You lack nothing. That's why I said no good thing will leave without for those who serve him. You see, when you come into this kind of revelation, you don't care if there is scarcity. You don't care if there is recession in the land. Because it is not the land that provides for you. It is not the government that supplies to you. God has become your portion and your inheritance. And since I have checked, not one day has there been any news that there is scarcity in heaven. That heaven is going on strike because there is no, no supply. It's, it's, a, it's a solid government, sir. An ancient government that is very sure. But that is who we have connected ourselves to. So when we when, when, when we talk about things, for example, like men, we, we, we're gonna be great, we know what we are saying. When we said we can lack, we know what we are saying. The Lord has become our portion in the land of the living. Who knows that song? The Lord is my portion in the land of the living. The Lord is good forevermore. The Lord is our portion in the land of the living. The Lord is good. Don't sing the other side. That one is, uh, I think, Africa. It's on the mountain, in the valley, on the land, and in the sea. Now, listen. On the mountain, in the valley, you know what that means? The valley, even when there is dryness, in the land, in the sea, is our portion. Because you know why? All these things belong to him. You know, we just sing songs that we cannot even relate with. Many of you don't know that this that song came out from here. This scripture. I I I bet even the singer, the person that composed that song, does not even have understanding of what he's singing. So we just sing it, we just sing it, but we have not we have not entered into it yet because we lack understanding. We have not inherited that part of what we are saying. It's just a song. No rema. No, 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 no. It's just a song to us. The Lord is our portion in the land of the living. He's our portion, he's our portion, he's our portion, he's our portion. Yet, do we even, do we even know what that is saying? Praise the Lord. He's speaking to the priests. That song is not for everybody. 
The Lord cannot be your portion in the land of the living if you are not a priest. Look at the scripture now. Who was God speaking to? God speaking to Aaron. So if you do not connect to that priesthood family, forget it. Don't stop singing that song. It's not for you. God cannot be your portion in the land of the living. You see, Jesus Christ said, I did not come to destroy. He said, I come to fulfill. Don't think because Jesus Christ came, every word that was spoken in the Old Testament has been destroyed. So you want God to be your portion, to be your inheritance in the land of the living, in the valley, in the sea, in the wilderness, in the land. Man, priesthood, priesthood, priesthood. Priesthood is the key. Praise the Lord. To enjoy such divine provision, you must realize that God will always take care of you or bring you into such dimension only as a priest. Only as a priest. Only as a priest. There is no, for, see, leave English language. There is no other way. There is no other way. We saw how God provided for Jesus every time. Because the Bible described him as our high priest. Take that title away from him and see if you will get, if you get such provision from God. So, this is the covenant. This is the covenant. This covenant has not been destroyed. The coming of Jesus Christ did not destroy this covenant. As a matter of fact, he came to put us into this covenant. That's why everyone who become born again has entered into the priesthood. So, the moment you enter into the priesthood, you have entered into this. That's why I said he came to fulfill. He came to bring you and I into this. The Israelites were not entitled to this. Only the Aaron family, the Levites, were entitled to such covenant. So, via being born again, we have received also this, this mandate, this mandate of God becoming our portion. So, anywhere you find yourself, God is your portion. Go to Congo, you will prosper there because God is your portion. Go to anywhere that men are failing. You will prosper there because God is, is your portion. Start up a business where others are failing. You will prosper because God is your portion. Anything you do, anything you put your hand, must work because God is your portion. But you must know that God is your portion. And you must know the reason why God is your portion. Because you are a priest. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his ways of doing and being right, the attitude and the character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. So, First, 
and most importantly, seek the kingdom. That is the job of a priest. A priest should be found always in the presence of God. Always. Even if they are not in the place of duty, they are in the place of duty. Now it's now more easier for us. It's more easy for us than those days. Those days that they have to go to a temple, go to a mountain, probably wherever they have that thing, the, 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 the temple. But now it's in our hearts. That means anywhere we find ourselves, our priesthood is activated. We are serving God in our hearts everywhere we go. Even in our sleeps, we are serving God. You see how God has made this thing look so beautiful? Better than the days of error. Now you don't need to wear one long, long gown. Put rope in your waist. And probably keep one long dreadlock and say that I'm a priest. No. You can still look the way you want to look. And maintain your priesthood. You can still have your kind of hairstyle. And maintain your priesthood. You can look beautiful and sexy as a girl. Or as a lady. And maintain your priesthood. Those days if they see someone like you. They will not even bring any sacrifice to God. No. Don't get me wrong. The hairstyle I mean. Imagine coming to the temple with your, with your ram and you see Aaron. You ask your, your neighbor, is this the temple we're coming? He said, yes, no, this is Aaron. Now, 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 now. God, we've missed the place. But now, you can look this answer. And still be a priest. He said, Is it not beautiful? You can look this sexy and still be a priest. Wow. He said, Not until we begin to understand the beauty of what God has done to us. Go back those days and see those priests. Is it that they are burning something or they are praying or something, something, something must be going on? They are not allowed to have normal life. They live inside the church 24 hours. But now, God modernized it for you and I. That you can still be a CEO, a boss in your company, and you're a priest. You can still drive your Lamborghini and you are a priest. Those days, if they see Aaron with Lamborghini, <laughs> Baba Aaron, when will Aaron have the time to drive Lamborghini? Where is, going to? Eh? Where is he going to? Where all he, he has to live in the temple? Where is he going to? You see, not until we come to this realm. We might not appreciate the priesthood. We might think it is burdensome, but not until God open our eyes to see the things He has done. 
that you can still tell your wife, hey, babe, you look beautiful. Man, babe, you look sexy. I love this. And you're still a priest. Aaron would not say that now. Aaron is always looking serious. I believe when the wife looked at him, the Lord bless you. That's, that's the highest compliment the wife will get. She just not complain and say the Aaron did not notice I made my hair. Which hair? Aaron will now come out and say, Honey, your hair is looking beautiful. How? Is Aaron seeing the hair? No. No. Aaron, notice your lipstick. Aaron will baptize you that day. You do another baptism. Ah, you come around Aaron and you're lying, honey, what's happening? Hey, neighbors, come on, fellow Levites, priesthood, come, 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 come. We have to cast out demons from this one. But see, it's funny, but it's not meant to be funny. It's meant for us to reflect and see what God has really done. See what God has really done. Aaron will now say, babe, get ready. Tomorrow we are going shopping. Shopping where? When God has already written that uh, you use one long gown, yeah, red color, yeah. Yeah, will be blue. You use rope, yeah. Who's shopping? But the Lord, God made life beautiful for us. Yet we are complaining that priesthood is hard. When the men that faced the hard part did not complain, John the Baptist spent all his days in the forest. You, you are, are you in the forest? Driving a good car. You have glasses on your eyes. You are, you are saying priesthood is hard. You are saying, God, your ways are hard. When men in the forest were eating just a particular food. For the sake of priesthood, they never complained. But now God is saying you can eat anything you like. You can mix your tea, mix your coffee, mix everything. And yet you're still priests. You see, may the Lord bring us to that place where we begin to appreciate what he has done. Where the, the ministry of priesthood will not be commonized, but will be appreciated. The Lord give us understanding in the name of Jesus. Amen. So it is first, seek me. That's the job of a priest. So even if you're going to work, your heart is seeking God. You're putting him as your interest. He comes first. Everything about you is above him. That way, you will know that your priesthood is fully active. But look at what he said. He said, at the end of the day, everything that you need, I will give it to you. Everything that you need, I will give it to you. Everything that you need, I will give it to you. But there's a condition. The condition is a priesthood. That's the seeking first in service, in righteousness. 
So if you don't do this, what provision are you expecting? Praise the Lord. To assess God's divine provision, you are expected to live your life as a priest. Fire the scripture. Numbers chapter 18, verse 8. Numbers 18, verse 8. Let me, let me use my own. Numbers 18, verse 8. Praise the Lord. So it says, The Lord said to Aaron, I give you authority over the things that people offer to me as priests. Part of the gifts that people bring will belong to you and your sons. This rule will always be true for you and your descendants. I want you guys to see how God honored priesthood. God told Aaron, everything they bring to me, I give it to you. I say, I give you authority over it. That means in priesthood, we have authority to assess provision. So God is saying to Aaron, anything, anything they bring, he says, I, I place you. They bring, see, the others bring you as a priest. He said, take. Put, I give you authority over it. This was God to Aaron. Can such a man lack, sir? He said, the entire Israelites, when they bring, said, take it. You and your, you and your people, take it. God is still doing the same thing today. But not until you have revelation, you might not see the way he's doing it. Just the same way the priesthood system changed. That is now a hard thing. Same way the provision system changed. But the same, the same pattern. You see, there are things you have to know. So by the time you are, you, are, you, are, you are negotiating or having a conversation with God, you will speak like a man of understanding. The reason why people experience delays is because their prayer, there is no understanding, there is no wisdom in their prayer. Sir, ma, wisdom is required to pray. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. So it's not about shouting, Father, when will the thing come? No, let's talk. Daddy, I'm a priest, and this is your word. You made this covenant with Aaron to the priesthood family, and your covenant you will not break. Your words are everlasting. The scripture says you change it not. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. How is this applicable to me now? Show me how. How will this scripture be real to my life as a priest? Then that will become your personal encounter with God. And God will show you how it will be applicable to you. You might say, go and start a business. Then I will cause the men of this world to bring wealth into your business. That might become a strategy. 
in fulfillment, in fulfilling this scripture with you. But you must engage God in knowledge. You must discover your identity. What is he entitled to? What is your identity entitled to? Being a priest, what am I entitled to? See, if you don't know the entitlement of a priest, priesthood will become labor for you to become a hard job. To become a hard job. Praise the Lord. Let me quickly move forward before I miss the time. Being a priest guarantees you the right to operate on God's divine provision. The job of a priest is to serve, to walk, and the job of God is to offer the priest all entitlement, including his wages. All entitlement, including his wages. You know, back then, why everybody wants to go and work in oil company in Nigeria is because of the entitlement, not just the wages, not just the salary, but the entitlement. You give them things. Their HMO is very strong. It covers the children. So when people choose company to work, it is beyond the wages, sir. Entitlement is also part of the things people consider. That you and your entire family, your medical bills have been taken care of. You and your family, you're entitled to once or twice trip. Two, two trips in a year. One within the locality of the nation. The second trip outside the country. 95% of the trip paid. If a, if a normal company is doing that to their staff, why will you now be a priest in service to God and God will not give you far more than that entitlement? This is, this is where we, we really need to, to get it right. They pay, if you, want to, if you want to move, they pay all expense trip. If they employed you, you're relocated. They pay for your... You, okay, you came back today. Did you pay for your flight coming? That's why you can just show up and surprise us now. Anywhere he wants to go within the America, he travels free. With the company he works for. The whole world, you see, not just America, the whole world, anywhere he wants to travel to the whole world. So how, how will God, how will God now, how will God now be sleeping when a man, mortal man, can, can, can produce such principles to his workers. But can I, can I, can I, can I ask you something? If it doesn't work, if, 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 if it doesn't, they will even sack him before, before anything is said. Now, he's here. If, if tomorrow is public holiday, probably that's why he traveled here. But on Tuesday, They don't need to tell him. First thing in the morning is he's already there. He won't joke with such work. 
see, those entitlements is a result of his service. So when we service God, when we do God's work genuinely as a priest, there are far greater entitlements than Please, sir, God is not wicked. Mm. No man on earth, no mortal man on earth can beat God's record in doing good. Never. That a man will know how to do good more than God, impossible, sir. He's the father of goodness. He's goodness himself. It's impossible, sir. So anything, any good you can see any man do to their children or to their staff or to their workers, consider God to ever beat that record. That means we must get it right first with God. Man, this God cares, oh. He cares. No. It's God will not use you and dump, use you and dump you. The covenant is an everlasting one. Hold tight to your priesthood, sir. Hold tight to your... The reason why people are not getting things from God is because they are outside service and they are expecting to get the entitlement of those who serve. No. No. Genuinely, I can say this over again. You can't genuinely function in the office of the priest and be out of God's entitlements. No. It's provision. No. Never. Jesus Christ said to them, if you, you, you men, mortal men, who is evil in nature, knows how to do good things to your children. When they ask for bread, you give them bread, you don't give them scorpion. Why would God, who is goodness himself, not do far more than that? Listen, guys, it's time for us to wake up and stop this uh, lukewarmness Christianity. It's time to wake up. Jesus pays. He's pay, he pays better than any company can pay. He pays better than any, any father can give. He gives far more than that. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 10 verse 7. Stay in that house. Eat. Stay in that house eating, drinking what they provide. For the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not move from house to house. He says, stay there, eat, drink. For a laborer is entitled to his wages. This was Jesus Christ speaking to, to his apostles. That means he understands the language of eating and drinking. He knows it's not every time you fast. He knows it's not every time you use your leg to walk. He knows your needs. So when you, are, when you have served him as a priest, he comes to bring these things to you. So he was telling them, eat and drink. That means to, to, to do his work is easy. Why doing it? Things, good things happen. That's why he's telling them. How can he be telling them to go and preach and he's telling them to eat and drink? 
That means it is not your, your effort that will produce the results. I'm with you. But don't go there and you are hungry and they give you and you say no because you are doing the work of God. No. A laborer is entitled to his wages. Eat and drink when they offer you. This is Jesus Christ himself. Praise the Lord. Matthew 10, 10, please. Or a provision bag for your journey. This, he was telling them, don't take any provision bag for your journey. Or even two tonics or sanders or a staff. For the worker deserve his support. For a worker deserve his support. So God supports everything about us as a priest. Supports everything about us. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 13. Praise the Lord. You shall not oppress or exploit your neighbor, nor rob him. You shall not withhold the wages of a hired man overnight until morning. So God will not keep your entitlement till morning. This is his law. Will he not break his own law? No. He will not extend your provision to the next day. Pay as you go. Pay as you go. He pays you. Why you are even walking, he pays you. Praise the Lord. The Lord is changing someone's mindset today. Every true and faithful priest is hired by God and is under God's payroll, including the benefit and rewards. Every true and faithful priest is hired by God. So, remember this, please. There is a father to child, father to son entitlement. We must understand the difference between father and to son entitlement and a boss, a staff entitlement. He just said now that his company offered him any part of the world he wants to travel to is free of charge. Please, I want to ask you this question. Does your father guarantee you that? No. Can he afford it? Yes. He said, my, my friend, you are a man now. You can, you can work, work for these things. The only one the father will finance is the one that consigns him. Maybe it's a family trip. But to now say, my son, I'm giving you a lifetime entitlement that anywhere you want to travel to in this world is on me. Is a lie, yo. There are benefits you get in your work office that you can't get from your father. That's why the way people work for their company, they don't work like that for their father, for their parents. <laughs> Even if they are rich. Even if they are rich, not until their parents employ them as staff. Not until their parents employ them as staff. The person you are calling, sir, do you know the children does not look like big men children? They don't drive the latest cars. Uh, eh? They drive Lamborghini. 
Thank God, children. Okay, we'll talk that one later. Listen. Every wealthy man, every wealthy man, once their children comes into adulthood, they put them in the place of work. If not, they know they will raise they will, they will raise useless children. They know. They will, they will work for their father and their entitlement will come as a staff, not as a child. When you are getting married, you will now be telling your dad, Daddy, I will come back anytime I need something. No. no. But as a staff, man, man, you can sue, you can sue your father. You can't sue at, at your age. You want to sue your father that I did not provide for you. At 25 years, you want to sue your parents that they did not provide food for you or anything. But you know you can sue your boss for not paying your salary. Because that one you are entitled to it. So everyone who is born again, who has entered into the priesthood, is operating under the dimension of a boss and a staff. Not a father and son relationship, but a boss and a staff. Because in priesthood we render service. So God will not say, you know, my son, calm down, calm down. Just let's forget this month. Next month I will give you. You know I'm your father now. We have other plans. No. He treats you as a, as a staff. He treats you as a staff. He treats you as a staff. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm praying for someone tonight. Every entitlement that you are due for, I declare a release now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, what to do? To command your provision. Seek after God's kingdom. Labor in his kingdom. Serve his interests. The way you wake up in the morning. Tired or no tired. You get dressed. You drive for 30 minutes. 40 minutes, one hour going to work. You are not in a good mood. Yet you are functioning. You go from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, some even go Sunday. If you do God like that, if you serve God the way you serve your boss, I'm telling you, you'll begin to see strange dimensions of provision. If you serve God the way you serve your boss, you begin to see. You begin to see strange dimension of provision. Just consider how you serve your boss for that salary. Consider it and consider do I really serve God that way? Do I serve God that way? If the answer is yes, then expect, expect a release. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's number one. Oh, what to do 
to command your provision. Seek after his kingdom. Labor in his kingdom. Serve his interest. Number two, live a righteous life. Now, these are the qualities of a priest I'm bringing out quickly. Live what? A righteous life. You can't say you are serving God and you are not righteous. All your service will end up being useless. Only a righteous man's service will God receive. So you must live a righteous life. Uh, you, can't, you can't serve a righteous God and you are not interested in righteousness. Your gift or your service is already contaminated and he will not accept it. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 10. Let's do it quickly. The Lord will not allow the righteous to hunger. God will meet all his needs, but he will reject and cast away the craving of the wicked. The righteous will not go hunger. He will meet all his needs. Please, what did the scripture say? All, all his needs. He will meet all. That means you can't be a priest and your same time is going, there's the scarcity of men. So it is now you that will not see man to marry. And you said you are a priest. He said all your needs. You can't be married and you are a faithful priest and Satan is saying you can't have a child. And truly, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, eleven, twelve years, no child. Man, check your priesthood because he says he will meet all your needs. There are times that children become needle. The reason why Satan has upper hand is because something is missing in our priesthood. You can't be a righteous priest. And lack in some areas. He says he will meet all your needs. This is beyond money. This is beyond money. You can't be a righteous priest. And you are failing. You have need to pass. God will do it. Listen. This thing works. Sir. It works. It's because we have commonized it. And trying to remodernize it again. Psalm 84, please. Verse 11. For the Lord God is a son and sheep. The Lord bestows grace and favor and honor. Look at the things he puts in a priest. Grace, favor, honor. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. The righteous ones. No good thing. No good thing. If a child is considered good, then you must have it. If a wife or a husband is considered good, you must have it. Anything that is considered good, you are entitled to it. You can place a demand at any time, at any day. Because it is your entitlement. These are the things Satan doesn't want the church to know. We beg for things that we're entitled to. How can you beg God, please give me a child, please give me a child. You're entitled for a child. 
command the child to come. How can you beg God, please make me great? No! You are entitled for greatness. Walk your way to greatness. He says he bestowed grace. That means you can do all things. He bestowed favor. That means you things will work out for you. And he bestowed honor. Doors will open for you. And he says, no good thing. Anything that is considered good here on earth. He says, he will not withhold it from you. But the condition is, you must live righteous. The righteous cannot be forsaken. Praise the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 25, quickly. I have been young, now I am old. Yet, I have not seen the righteous, those in right standing with God, abandoned, or his descendants pleading for bread. He's talking about the priesthood here. Did you see any priest begging for bread? There was a deal already. A covenant was established on their behalf already. There is no place I see any priest begging for bread. Praise the Lord. Number three. Have fear for God. Fear God. Fear God. Fear God. This one now is between you and sin. Fear God. It is the fear of God that gives you access to divine revelation. And the revelation helps you to assess provision, to know what to do, to get what you want. So men are blind because there is no revelation. Revelation is not coming because men do not fear God. He reveals hidden secrets to those who fear him. He shows them his ways, his deep, 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 deep things. But the condition is fear. So everything God has been telling you to do is for your benefit, sir. Psalm 34 verse 9, quickly. Oh, reverently fear the Lord, you his saints, believers, holy ones. For those who fear him, there is no want. Those who fear him cannot lack anything. You can't lack. Why? He will show you a way out. Men are stagnated. Men are stranded because they lack the ability to see a way out. That's why the scripture says, I will make a way in the wilderness. Sir, God has already made a way. Men now have to discover the way. It is for a king, it is for God to conceive a matter, but to search it out is for a king. There is a way already. So we are not praying, said God, make a way. God has made a way via redemption. But man has to get revelation for it. There are many things Jesus Christ did not teach. You know why? He said to the apostles, unto you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So why teach people what they have been given to them to know already? 
Apostle Paul was giving out, giving out deep, 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 deep revelation. Things that they did not hear from the mouth of Jesus Christ. He was having access to those things. Yet he did not meet Jesus Christ one-on-one. But he was having access to new things. Fulfilling what Jesus Christ says, it has been given unto you to know the mysteries. Sir, they are mysteries. These mysteries open doors to all things. But you must search these mysteries out. Stop sitting down and telling God, come and help me. He has helped you already in fire redemption. And he has given you a wisdom. To know the hidden things. That he has given unto us all that pertains to righteousness and godliness. Praise the Lord. We're in number three, right? Yes, sir. Proverbs 8 18. Proverbs 8 18. Yeah, let's go to number three. Go to number four. Let me save five. Or go to Psalm 25, verse 14. Go to Psalm 25. Okay. The secret of the wise counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him. And he will let them know his covenant and reveal to them through his words deep, its deep inner meaning. So we are speaking about the covenant of God's provision. That means provision is a covenant. But how do you know if you don't have fear for God? He says, I will only allow those who fear me to know my hidden covenants. And its meaning and its applications. So next time somebody said, have fear of God. They are, they are, not, you are, you, they are telling you to help yourself. Help yourself. So you don't you don't wake up and start praying some kind of funny, funny prayer. Fire revelation. Men, 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 men can easily know what to do. Praise the Lord. Number four, love God. Love God. Love God. Love God. Love God. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear and worship the Lord your God with all filled reverence and profound respect to walk that is to live each and every day in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart? With all your soul, your choices, your thoughts, and the whole and your whole being, your choices, your choices, everything to him. And John 14 15 made it clear if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. So to love God is to obey his commandments. In obeying his commandments, you get everything. The scripture says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the goods of the land. All these things have I preserved for you. All these good things. But on the condition that you must obey everything I say to you. 
So when you see men in that realm of lacking, backwardness, go and check, something is missing. I pray for every one of you that you would develop honor towards God's word. In the name of Jesus. Number five, be grateful. Be grateful. As I watch it, be grateful. Be grateful, please. This is, this is so important. Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, oh my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Don't forget it. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful as a young man, as a young boy, as a young girl. Be grateful towards the little things your parents can afford. When we're growing up, there are many things we did not have. There are many things. I remember there are days that we will have to share meat as, as we, 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 they will cut the meat. The meat that will not be enough for one person, they will divide it. But never one day, never one day have I gone out to steal meat. I don't even eat outside. I'm okay with what my parents can afford. Because there's always a better tomorrow. Wives, young girls, you want to get married. Know this. There are times and there are seasons. There are times that the man cannot go beyond what he can afford. Rejoice. Be grateful at that level. Whatever he can afford, be grateful with it. Listen. The reason why many homes have broken today is because of men and women who are not contented with what they have. If it's a one-room apartment, stay there and start life with him. Enjoy that moment. Be grateful. Let there be an attitude of gratefulness. Ah, honey, you are the best. You are the best. This house is the best house. Let it be your best. What you can afford should be your best. Husband, be grateful. Don't God bless you with a woman. Don't go outside and see something else and you say, ah, I wish this is the one I have. No, be grateful with what God has given you. You can't have, see, for God to give you that person, it means that that is the best person for you. Be grateful, not just to God alone. But how you relate to people around you, how you relate to things around you shows how grateful you can be to God or not. Be grateful for each step, for each process, for life is step by step. Everywhere you find yourself, be grateful. There's thousands of reasons. There's a lot of reasons why you should be grateful in life. Many are in the hospital right now. Many are hopeless. At least you have something to be grateful for it. Praise the Lord. Number six, believe in his sufficiency and his word. So if you don't believe God can take care of you, God will not take care of you. If you don't believe the things he has told you, those things will not come to pass. Praise the Lord. God has the ability to do all things if only we can depend on them. On him, I mean. Job, John chapter 11, verse 40, quickly. Praise the Lord. Can, you can write that down and, and read on your own. Number seven. This one, I'm going to say this one. 
you know, I was having a conversation with a brother yesterday, and he was telling me how a man of God was making some statements and renouncing some stuff. So I, I'm going to speak about it. I really don't talk much about it, but I'm going to speak about it today. Number seven, be a tighter and a giver. Give your offering, be a tighter. How is this applicable to my priesthood? Numbers chapter 18, verse 19. All the offering of the holy things which the Israelites offered to the Lord, I have given to you and your sons and your daughters with you as a continual allotment. Now, this is God speaking to the priesthood. It is an everlasting covenant of salt. Do you know what salt means? Preservation. That means this covenant shall be preserved in eternity. That's what it means. So it's a covenant of salt. That means this thing will not be wiped off. Oh, this is an everlasting covenant. Now, listen again. That cannot be dissolved or violated. He said, before the Lord, to you and to your descendants with you. Have we seen it now? Have we seen that this is an everlasting covenant? Okay. Now, let's, let's move further. Let's go to 21. Behold, I have given the Levites all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance. Please watch this very all the tithes, all the tithes that the Israelites are going to pay. God said, I have given it to the Levites, the priesthood family. But watch what God is saying in return for their service. This is how God will reward you for your service. They will gather and they will give you. Now, it says, which they performed. The service of the tent of the meeting. Now, we've seen that the reason why God gave them all the tithes is because of their service as priesthood. Do you agree that you are part of this system? Remember I said to you that, I said the system has changed, but the covenant has not changed. So you must find out how all these things you can come to you. This is where you now engage the word of God and pray. These are the kind of prayers you pray for divine revelation. God, this thing you say to the priesthood family, now I am a priest, how is this applicable to me? Now let's go further. 26, please. Use the easy hand, 26. Now, he says, you must say to the Levites, this is where I'm going, you will receive from the Israelites the tithes that I have given to you from them. I have not given any land to you. Talking about their emas, their portion. I have given you the tithes to you instead. When you receive, please, do you know you can gather that tithe and buy almost all those people's land at the end of the day? <laughs> oh God. Says, I have given this tithe to you instead. When you receive those tithes, you must offer. Now, when you have received those tithes, he said, you must offer one tenth of it to the Lord. That will be a tithe of the tithes. This gift will be the same as when a farmer is giving grains or wine to me. It will be special. So you will give something to the Lord from the tithes that you receive from the Israelites. Now, this one is the offering. You must give that part to Aaron, the priest. This one is talking about the, uh, the prophet offering. Did you see where these three dimensions came out from? So, the reason why men are not getting is they lack understanding. As a priest, God provides for you. He says in that provision, you will return 10% back to me. 
you will give me offering from it. And you, you give Aaron also. But he will be the one to provide. So many don't even know when it is God providing. God called this covenant the covenant of sorts. A preserved one. Didn't God know that salvation will be coming? Didn't God know that Jesus Christ will come and die? Of course. But God is telling you this is, this is the system of the priesthood. Now remember Jesus Christ did not come to talk anything about the covenant of the priesthood. Jesus Christ did not even speak of the priesthood. So if you want to learn priesthood, you have to go back to how priesthood started. There are many things if you want to learn. You won't learn it from Jesus, sir. Because Jesus Christ's focus was the kingdom of God has come. Now you have received the kingdom of God. You need to grow in this kingdom. How do you grow? You go back to the beginning of things. How did the priesthood started? What am I supposed to do as a priest? You won't get, sir. From Jesus Christ, you won't, you won't know how to serve a, as a priest. You have to go back. How did God instruct them? How did God teach them to serve? In righteousness, in holiness. You have to maintain that standard. If you don't, you get nothing, sir. Say you are, a, you are a New Testament person. You will die and suffer in lack and in poverty. All you find yourself doing is self-labor. You get to a point you'll be exhausted. Exhausted. It is foolishness for a man to say that Old Testament is relevant, yet the man picks prayer point from there and pray. Because of your greed and selfishness, you are condemning what was called a covenant of sorts. God knows why he calls it a covenant of sorts, a preserved covenant. We are not speaking based on somebody say, somebody say. Listen, I was part of them. I quoted all the scriptures on earth and said, tight, forget it. Can I tell you something? Nothing useful was coming out of my life. And I told God one thing. I said, God, see, me, I don't like to do things because people say, people say, you have called me to be a leader. I should know what, before I would tell anybody something, I should have a, a revelation of that thing. I can't lead people based on another person's say. Let me, know, give me a revelation of, your, of this thing, tight and all that. By the time it will come, it did not come like normal. Since God said, you say you want to know, God doubled it. So we are not speaking because of how much you want to offer God. That will now become a debate. How much? How much are you using spending for your hair? How much are you using buying your sneakers? If not that priesthood is lacking, sir, is it something you even debate? That you are giving 10% to God's house. Is it something you should debate? When you go out, I know men who give prostitute 50% tight. They don't complain. 90% tight. They don't complain. But the one that has to do with the house of God. 
Ah, forget it. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are new creation. But when you are giving that prostitute fifty percent or ninety percent, you did not know that you are a new creation. Come on, let's grow, please. Let's grow. You see, there's something God told me. I now understand. I, you see, I don't blame those people. You know why? God told me something. God said, you want to give me. Can you give me? You know what God told me? God said, the way you are, you can't give me. I said, he said, yes. He said, you find it hard to give me. Now, mind you guys, I was struggling with 10%. 10% was a big deal to me. And I was asking God, why am I struggling with 10%? He said, it's not your fault. You can't give me. He said, do you want to give me? I'll tell you what to do. He said, give me your heart. He said, if, if you give me your heart, you won't struggle with 10%. I said, but God, I'm born again. I obeyed you, I served you, I do all I started calling things to God. I said, he said, I know. He said, but you know what? You still have your heart. He said, that scripture would have said, give God all your choices. So God said, you see that part? Your choices is, is with you. It's not with me. You still wake up and decide what you want to do. He said, so you have not given me your heart. Your will, you still have your will with you. He said, you, you, he said you, your, my opinion is not a secondary to you. And I went on my knees. This came out of long fasting and revelation, no encounters. And I said, God, today, I give you my heart. And the Lord said to me, he said, now we can do business. And I continued the fasting. And the Lord came and told me, Give me a revelation. Through a great man of God, may so rest in peace, Bishop Benson Dowser, of the word 9 over 10. And I fasted just to know the word 9. You see, you, you, are, you are just misbehaving because you have not seen. To even know things, you have to fast. You think Christianity is bread and butter. Where you just open your Bible, anything you just see, that is it. You need divine wisdom to understand what is there. It's not a letter, sir. It's a spirit that is there. If the spirit does not speak to you, you, you you'll be reading a particular scripture for 15 years. You still don't know the truth behind that scripture. Because you have not contacted the spirit involved. The Bible is not a letter. Of writings is the gathering of spirits. This is where man is missing it. So when that encounter came, sir, I have to I have to fast three days, pray because all the people I called, none of them could get it. See, God, the third day of the fasting. Woke me up from bed and said, now go to YouTube. What you search for is there waiting for you. YouTube that I have been searching, sir. I have been searching YouTube for the three days. I did not see nothing. 
the third day, I heard a voice. Wake up. Go to your laptop now. That which you seek for is waiting for you. And I opened my laptop, sir. The first thing that came out of my laptop was the video. Please don't joke with spiritual things. Don't think it's your common brain. And I started listening to the video. And the first thing I noticed, the encounter I have, the setting of the encounter was the same setting with the video. It was a video that was recorded in 1998. I think 1998 or, or 1997. In Delaware, yeah. In that setting, sir, the way I saw myself in that vision, I the same way, the same people, the same white guy that was standing with the bishop in that vision was the same person, sir, standing with him physically in that video. The same word he was speaking in that vision that I was sitting. The same thing he was saying in the video. I said, what is this God? And I was so eager to know what's going on. God, I want to hear the word. The, the word 9 over 10, I want to hear it. And I was waiting, 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 waiting. And he said, the Lord told me. The Lord gave me an assignment. 9 over 10. I said, this is the word. He said, calm down, famous. Listen. He said, the Lord said, if you can do this. He said, I will give you anything in this world you want. He said, what I will do to you that even when you are gone, your children, children will still be relevant. And I said, God, what is this thing? Let's, God said, don't, don't fast forward anything. Just keep watching. And he said, and the Lord said to me, the nine over ten is that I give him 90% tithes. Sir, that was when I knew that you cannot interact with the Spirit of God if you do not have the Spirit of God. You can't do business with deities. If that same deity you want to interact with, if you have not encountered that deity, be a Christian, yes, but you cannot interact with that deity if you have not first have revelation of that deity. Remember God said, you can't give me not until you offer me my, your heart. By doing so, God opened me to the transaction of such deity that is involved with such giving. The moment I had 90%, a man that struggles all his life with 10% screamed. I wanted to jump off my roof that night. I was looking for who to call. I called my friend. I said, guy, guess what? This guy can never be poor. He said, what's going on? I said, you remember the 9 over 10? I said, I've got the revelation. It means 90%. Man, man, man. Guy, I will call you later. I switch up the phone. I look, 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 look for the nearest money I have. Took everything. 90% of it. That same moment, sir. Within the space of five minutes, I send it to Billy Graham's ministry. And I started dancing that night. I said, God, I've got it. I can never see, sir. When Bishop David was said, I can never be poor, screaming, sir. I knew it was not him. It was a spirit. It was that spirit that started speaking in me. It was later I was asking myself, what are you shouting? Why are you shouting? God said 90%. You are jumping. The same spirit, sir. The same spirit spoke out of me with excitement and joy. What changed? What suddenly changed, sir? 
It's been more than two years now. It's been more than two years. With delightment. With joy. With joy. Putting God first with 90%. More than two years. See, listen. God allowed me to go through the worst moment in my life. In these two years. So it's not like God came back and was giving me his thought. No, 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 no. Because I watched a part of that video in that, that, that revelation that says that you have to sow your seed first before you start reaping. So God made it to God see the way God put did the whole thing. If you are faking it, you will know. You will run back. Because I wasn't seeing anything, sir. Honestly, nothing was coming back. Nothing. It, the worst thing is, sir. The worst thing is, God now said, quit your job. Don't work. Don't do anything. How do you survive like that? God wants to see how joyful you can be. And sir, the joy has not stopped and will never stop till that kingdom come. So, we, I'm, 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 I'm giving you guys deep revelation, sir. Men that does not encounter truth cannot really explain truth. If you are hearing me and you are still struggling with 10%, please know that your heart still belongs to you. You don't need a prayer point to know. Because no man genuinely gives his heart to God. Go and ask men who has given their heart to, 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 to babes. Go and ask them. They can sell their house to please that girl. Go and ask. You think it's just ordinary? No. It's a spirit thing. Go and ask guys. That has given their hearts, they can they can bring their, their full salary, hundred percent tight, and give the girl. They will not even have money to go back home. They will be trekking, and yet they will be they, they won't see it as a bad thing. Go and ask women that has given their heart to men. They can sell their father, father's property just to please that guy. Even if that guy comes and that guy beats them up, because their heart is there. So when you see a lady being beaten in marriage and she still wants to go back, don't blame her. Her heart is there. It is where a man's heart is that you'll be drawn to. Even if God has requested 100% requested for me, it won't be a big deal. Because the heart is there. Where will you go? Can you go from your heart? No. Praise the Lord. We have run out of time. I just want to, I, I, don't, I don't really preach this. But I just want to say it's a, it's, a, it's a heart condition thing. It's a heart condition thing. When you are now using calculator to do business with God. God, you see, you, your calculator can never be as big as God's own. God will use a mighty one and calculate you too. And do business with you. The Lord bless you all. The Lord bless you all. So others will just leave it for. Okay, let me just quickly call them. I won't read the scripture. Number eight, soul winning. Doing God's business. You can't beat this one. So this is where people miss it. They pay tight. But they don't do soul winning. If you, if you miss one, sir. So that's why I'm listing these things to you. So you check the one you are missing. You know what is the problem. Quickly, let's look at soul winning. John 15, 16. Simple. Very simple. 
This principles are simple. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have appointed you and placed and purposefully planted you so that you would go and bear fruits and keep on bearing and that your fruit will remain and be lasting. So that, now listen, so that, so that, whatever you ask of the Father in my name as my representative, he may give to you. So that. If you miss this one and you are paying tight, sir, you will still struggle. God is not bringing the change. He doesn't change exchange money. He's not bring one, take two. So you can't be faithful with tight and you are not faithful with this one. You will still be nothing. You will still end up with nothing. Because the scripture says those who bring others to Christ, they will shine like stars. Praise the Lord. Number nine, make room. Make room for what you are expecting. This is another problem. You are expecting something, you are not making room for it. Where will it come? How? How? We're just gisting, me and me and me and uh, my friend, we're just in which day. The moment we 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 change the fridge in the house to a bigger one, more things started coming into the house. More things. Within the space of three days, two two people just started sending different food stuff, these things. Just by changing fridge. No prayer point. Just said, oh boy, this small fridge needs to go. And what, what brought up that fridge issue? He said he wants to stop somebody from bringing something because there is no space in the fridge. I said, no, 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 no. It is forbidden, no. You can't stop blessing because there's no space in the fridge. I said, okay, I'll call a friend of mine. Let's see where we can get fridge to buy. Honestly, there's no money to buy any fridge. But I acted by faith and I called him and I said, please, where can we get this kind of fridge to buy? He said, oh, I have one here. Now come and take it. Now, if, 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 if there was no movement like that, there would be no fridge. So we got the fridge. Can I tell you the truth? The next day, the person ended up not bringing the thing that, that he or she was supposed to bring. That was the reason why to say no. But you know what? That big fridge opened bigger doors. We don't eat that much. But I'm just telling you how creating space can attract big things. You want new clothes. The old ones you have, the ones you've used for 10 years, you are still preserving them. Where will the new ones come? Give out. Give those things out. Then trust God. The new things will come. Praise the Lord. Number 10, quickly. Praise Him with joy. Praise Him with joy. So you can't be a tighter, you can't be uh, a soul winner, and you lack praise and joy. It will, still, it will still destroy something. It's like you are driving a car and your tire is shaking. It will slow down your speed. So please, praise God with joy. Praise God with joy. Praise God with joy. Remember, this is, I have encountered this myself. The Holy Spirit told me. He says to get anything from heaven when you have to use praise. That in, in, on earth, yeah, you, you, you praise God when you get something. He said, but in heaven, you praise your way to get the thing. So, 
apply praise with joy. That means when you be joyful, be joyful. Don't let anybody take away your joy. Be joyful in so doing, you will attract things. Praise the Lord. Number 11, command provision to come. Speak to the things you need. Speak, command it. Command it. Command it to come. Command it to come. Speak. Speak about it. Speak about it. There, there was, I, I, I was telling my, I was telling you, uh, I think last week, that I, I need, I need to set up office upstairs. I need office chair. I need office desks. The things I need, I don't have money for it. But I was telling them, I said they will come. Don't worry, they will come. Just for us yesterday to follow somebody, a friend said, can you help me come and offload some stuff and all that? And we, we got there. And everything I needed for that office was there. And he said, why don't you just take them if you need them? So as I speak, that place is, is everything I need is available. So I got, up, I got upstairs and the place was so hot. So while I was putting this, I said, ah, God, this place is hot. I said, ah, AC, you need to come. I need, I need AC. Not knowing while I was speaking it, he was negotiating AC the same moment. So in less than an hour, an AC came. Listen, learn to command what you want. God has placed you, he has given you authority. Command, as you speak, it will happen. I shared a story quickly with you guys about a friend that came to me and said, he doesn't have anything in the house. I said, you know what, go to every corner of the house. Locate where you want those things to stay. And go there and command them to come. In less than two weeks, everything started coming free of charge. Everything. So anything you want, make a demand for it. Command it to come. It will come in the name of Jesus. Lastly, be expect those things to come in faith. So after you command, expect them. Some people are good in commanding, but the moment they command, they forget that they've commanded something. It's like you, you pray now, you say, I am pregnant. Ah, in the name of Jesus, I conclude I'm pregnant. And you say, congratulations to myself, I'm pregnant. And you go to church the next day. They say, those who are looking for children, those barren, come out. You are the first to come out. How does that really work? It means that whatever you have done yesterday, you did not believe it. A prophet called you and said, I declare you are pregnant. You said, amen. You went to church the next day. Those who are barren, come out. You are the first to come out and you are crying. I mean, whatever the man of God told you yesterday, you did not believe it. You did not. So expect in faith. Expect in faith. Can we rise up, please? Sorry, I have to take extra time. It's because we just have to, we just have to relax. Uh, there is AC today, so let's, we are launching, we are launching it. So let's let's talk. Sometimes it's good to explain. The reason why people miss it is because when church is always in a hurry. And they live here, they are not going to do anything useful. You see that they are going to one restaurant to, to eat, to eat, eat out everything they receive from the church. And tomorrow they fall back to square one. That's not God's will for us. He has made us perfect. He wants us to walk in perfection. I want you to begin to pray. Every word you have, you, have, you have heard today, every word that you have listened, that you have received, pray that it will stay in your life. Pray that you begin to work it out. It's not just to come to church. No, you have to work it out. So tomorrow, through you, God will use you to raise other generations. 
begin to speak that the word I have received, the word I have received, that in the name of Jesus, I begin to work it out. I walk out my priesthood and I begin to walk into my realms of divine provision. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you. I pray for every one of you today. I declare you are blessed. In the name of Jesus, I usher every one of you into divine provision. In the name of Jesus, because it is written that I will not withhold anything good to those who love me. I declare this week, nothing good will be withheld from you. I pray for you, everything good will locate you. In the name of Jesus, the scripture says the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. This week, may you be ordered into your goodness. May you be ordered into your divine provision. In the name of Jesus, I call forth everything you need. Receive them now in the name of Jesus. Every long stagnation, I put an end to it. In the name of Jesus, I declare, may you start walking in divine revelation for divine provision. In the name of Jesus, every spoken word against your life, Everything that you have been doing wrongly, I correct them today. In the name of Jesus. The scripture says, the earth is of the Lord and the fullness of it thereof. Today I decree, according to the way it has been written, based on the covenant of provision, may you start walking in that realm. In the name of Jesus. Provision is yours. Provision is yours. Every area of your life that you have need. Today I declare, may you begin to receive those needs. In the name of Jesus. Whatever kind of need. Healing. Provision for for health. Provision for marriage. Provision for finances. Any kind of provision that you need. I declare, may you receive it now. In the name of Jesus. May you receive that provision now. In the name of Jesus, the Lord lifts you up. The Lord lifts you up. May you be relocated to where you are supposed to be. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. We command things to come this week. In the name of Jesus, we command good news to come this week. In the name of Jesus, you will hear good news. Hear good news. You will hear good news. In the name of Jesus, Every tithe and offering you have given, I declare every reward, every entitlement that is due to you, that Satan has been holding, I command it to release it now. In the name of Jesus, receive your entitlement and reward. In the name of Jesus, every service you have rendered to God, I release your reward to you today. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed. You are forever blessed. Everything that concerns you is blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. In the name of Jesus. Amen.